wide left, Martinez to the right, they score! Carlson! Back and forth with Martinez! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Petrangelo scores! Two markers for Petrangelo! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard, Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 home of the it looked like a team that hadn't played a game in five days out there at city national arena as the Vegas golden knights went through their uh, practice today in anticipation of the game against the st louis blues tomorrow there was a, a vibe to it there was a a liveliness to it there was some chirping and chatter and one of the best plays didn't even involve one of the Vegas golden knight players we'll explain that as we get into the show today <laughs> we will also dive into what the line combinations looked like and what we perceive them to be for tomorrow night's action. Update on the likes of Mark Stone in just a little bit and where Pete DeBoer falls in in his assessment of his hockey club that will play, get ready for it, without Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty tomorrow night. Uh, nothing's official in that regard. Pacioretty's out. He's got a fracture. Uh, Mark Stone saw a doctor yesterday and we'll give you the complete update uh, from Pete DeBoer in just a little bit. Uh, a lot going on around the program today. We will also bring you our one-timers, news and notes, and observations from the National Hockey League. And there was uh, a couple of games last night that brought uh, significant, uh, interesting, and unusual plays to our attention. One in Calgary <laughs> involving the Flames and the Ducks, and the other in Arizona, in Glendale, where the St. Louis Blues hung one on the Arizona Coyotes. But for a season that's two games old, I witnessed something that I never thought would happen in a National Hockey League game in the first week of the season. Uh, Ryan, there's uh, there's some urgency to this campaign that uh, I'm kind of somewhat taken aback by. Well, urgency, I think, for some teams. Um and kind of falling into what you'd expect for some other teams. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's there's some interesting stuff going on around the league. And, you know, you kind of look at last night and Philadelphia and, and Seattle and the spirited affair that you got there. There was uh, some really intriguing play, especially um, in overtime between Toronto and the New York Rangers that we're going to get to a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but, you know, the the best thing about early season hockey is that it's unpredictable and anything can happen. And so far, a lot has happened in the in the National Hockey League. Talked to a few people over the last 24 hours. They're surprised Have at you? the unusual uh, play in the NHL early on. That That, that is a little sloppy. <laughs> Given that there was yeah. a full preseason, and last year we hit the ground running, no preseason games, zero, jumped right into it. And this time around, even with four games for the likes of Carolina, <clears throat> violation, mm -hmm. uh, seven games for the <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights, <clears throat> compliance, still across the board, around the league, it's just not quite as sharp, which... Uh, 
is exciting for the fans, but some of the observers are like, explain that to me. I don't get it. Well, it doesn't make sense, but I, I, I kind of feel like in a way it does, right? Because you've got teams that that just had to get right to business last year there you knew what you were up against you knew how important those points were early on in a shortened season and I just think that through that that little bit of training camp that they had uh, you're not messing around with different combinations you're not looking for players to to maybe fill a role here or there you're just looking to find your best possible team and put it out there on the ice. And I think that it was a, it was a bit more focused and concise, whereas now going through a regular training camp, um, I, I don't know. It, it, it seemed like there were teams that, that you know, as, as we're noting, were, were slow to start. And I don't know if it's, if it's uh, uh, looking at training camps differently moving forward or shortening training camps a little bit, but... I don't know. It's it's an interesting thought thought process when you have a full preseason, you have a full training camp, and teams are coming out of the gate sloppy. Uh, let's get to uh, the Vegas Golden Knights because they are one and one and have had five days off between games, and they were back at practice today, back to back days. So with a full workout under Pete DeBoer's tutelage, uh, some special teams action today, a lot of uh, work uh, in defensive zone and the forecheck. It's great when you can combine those two things. Uh, together and and get both sides of the puck going and some intense play. And that's what we saw during the practice at City National Arena and near the end of the workout, uh, back to the power play and back to some uh, setups and uh, what they're going to be able to do working the puck around. But uh, here's what the lines look like today. And with the recall of Jake Lesition and Peyton Krebs, the official recall of the, those two players, uh, we had four full lines on the ice today. For the Vegas Golden Knights, says uh, so. Let's uh, let's start with Chandler Stevenson between Evgeny Dadanov and Nick Waugh, who was in mm-hmm. uh, the white sweater, which mm-hmm. means he was out of the red non-contact sweater today. Full participant at practice today. Not sure if that means he's a go tomorrow, but full participant in practice. Uh, we also had Brett Howden with Jake Lesition and Will Carrier. Uh, we had Nolan Patrick centering Keegan Colasar and Peyton Krebs. And then your number one line right now, in the absence of Stone and Pacioretty, uh, you would look at William Carlson, Jonathan Marcheseau, and Riley Smith. So I would look at this combination and say it's spread around, and there's a balance uh, with what to Pete DeBoer is going uh, with for if this is what the lines will look like tomorrow night, then uh, you're looking at uh, just spreading things around instead of like you've got a number one line and then you've got like three threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that that's about how I'd, I'd explain it. You're, you're absolutely right in, in looking at Marshall Carlson and Smith as the top line as, as a number one line for this team. And then, you know, beyond that, you're you're looking at uh, a lineup that's got some talent and some grit in in every single line you go down. You've got the talent in the finish of Dadanov, and we've seen Chandler Stevenson be a creative player for this team. And and I like the talent of Nick Waugh. We've talked about Waugh many times on this program as being a guy that we we like his skill set. We think there's more there offensively. Given a little bit more minutes, we'll see if that comes to be and if he's able to go tomorrow night for the Golden Knights. 
Peyton Krebs. You know where I fall on Peyton Krebs and, and his importance to this team, not just this year, but beyond. And Nolan Patrick has all the pedigree in the world to, to be a guy that, that is highly skilled and can put, you know, put this team in into a different place with, with his offensive output. So uh, it's got to be there. It's got to show up. You're going to need to have it in moments, but you know, it, it's a balanced lineup, and I think for the Golden Knights, that's going to be the key. You're going to have to rely on all four of your lines to be able to roll over, and you're going to have to rely on chipping in offensively when you can and and being prepared to win some low-scoring games in the absence of Pacioretty and Stone. It's Nick Waugh, uh, William Carrier, Keegan Colasar at the start of camp. They, they were looked at maybe that fourth-line role. They're all they're all on different lines tonight uh, today at practice. So that's where I get like the three threes. I, I'll, I'll be fascinated. Uh, one thing I will watch tomorrow night for the St. Louis Blues game is just how the minutes shake down and where Pete DeBoer leans on uh, between uh, those three lines and those three centermen in in Howden and Stevenson and Nolan Patrick. Uh, that's the story up uh, front with the forwards. Uh, the chatter, it just sounded like a group that was itching to get back into it. Although, uh, they've also had some time to absorb the loss of Max Pacioretty, who's out uh, with a fracture, and no Mark Stone on the ice today. We were kind of hopeful, uh, but uh, here's Pete DeBoer on the status of his captain after an appointment yesterday. So he went and saw some uh, doctors yesterday. Uh, nothing surgical, which is good. Um, so uh, I, I wouldn't, I mean, I'd say day to day. It's probably in between day to day and week to week. Well, but uh, good, good news for the most part. Best thing about that. Nothing surgical required for Captain mm-hmm. Mark Stone. That's like right there. It's a win. And when you reflect on how he left the ice against the LA Kings last Thursday, huge positive for Mark Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I think that that's obviously best case scenario in this situation. You wanted to avoid any type of repairs that needed surgery because. Uh, you're you're talking about a way different time frame from you know somewhere in the day to day week to week stratosphere to potentially month to month. So um, obviously big big news for the Golden Knights. It, it's not going to you don't expect Mark Stone to be ready to go at, at all. I, I don't think this week, but um, it's positive news for a team that certainly needed it when it came to injuries. He's already going to miss a week just by the bye week, the unofficial bye week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's out of the way. So you, you you that's how huge the timing of this is. Is that you you don't lose him for any games during the course of uh, of this stretch. That's positive. Now, what does a mix between day to day and week to week mean? <laughs> Let's zero in on that. Day to day is less than a week, but could be 7 days. This is sure. my interpretation of how uh, to uh, translate coach speak. Okay. Day-to-day, less than a week, but could necessarily, not imminent, but uh, could push towards seven days. Week-to-week is two weeks at least for me. Mm-hmm. And maybe could push into the, into the three-week stretch. So day-to-day... Week to week, if you combine those two, I'm going, I'm just 
going to calculate this as a 10 to 14 day window. That's what I will put on the table right now. No guarantee with that, but in mm. trying to give you, the listener, the best information, the most accurate information regarding your Captain Mark Stone, the combination of day-to-day to week-to-week is a 10 to 14-day window. So that window puts you somewhere in the first week of November, more or less. Now, of course, that can change, but that's that's essentially where you're looking at, um, at Mark Stone being available if that's kind of the the actual conversion rate that you get from Darren Millard interpreting coach speak. Because it's it's not going to be any time soon that he's back when you're throwing in well, right. that combination right. of day-to-day, week-to-week. He, he's not playing this weekend. Not under that, no. that description. Unless something really uh, turns around and, and gets better in a real hurry. And they will, this this is an Olympic year. This is a Stanley Cup year uh, where they have aspirations to go deep. Uh, this is one that you're going to take your time with and be extra cautious. So St. Louis, Edmonton, the Islanders, three-game homestand that starts tomorrow night and runs through Sunday uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. I wouldn't expect them in the lineup for that. Now, you're talking first week of November. That... Uh, it then takes out Colorado, Dallas, and Anaheim, uh, three games next week, and puts you into the window of the road trip that uh, will put the Vegas Golden Knights in Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, and Detroit. Somewhere in and around the, the second to the to the sixth. So right yeah. off the bat, your six six games without mm-hmm. Captain Mark Stone. What do you got to do to get through six games? You got you to gotta find a way to grind through a half dozen hockey games and hope your captain is waiting on the other side of that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, you know, if you can minimize the amount of games, that's obviously number one. But beyond that for the Golden Knights, if you're looking at three to six, six to eight games without Mark Stone, without Max Pacioretty, we know that Max Pacioretty's not going to be back for those games either. Um, you know, I, I think you're looking to go slightly above 500 in, in that in that stretch, right? Like, if you're able to to win some games and and stay at at minimum, right, a point per game, but probably more, um, I think the Golden Knights will put themselves in really good shape. If they get Mark Stone back, you can start to kind of get back into that identity and play with that extra talent level. And then you, you just hope to roll from there, especially when you when you factor in that 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 four game trip to Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal is followed up with six straight at home. And it's fairly stretched out there for the Golden Knights. That's a really good stretch. If you're able to get stone back, then you can really settle in and make up some points, any points that you lost over the course of those six without them. Vegas Golden Knights have never played a regular season game without Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty both being out of the lineup. Uh, that streak, while not confirmed, will come to a close uh, tomorrow night. And then you're looking at at least six games, by my calculations, maybe a little bit more. It's uh, adversity. It's a challenge. It's a different lineup than you expected to go early on in the season for a favorite in the Pacific Division. So what does Pete DeBoer think about the challenge that lies ahead for his hockey club in this position of uh, being the underdog all of a sudden. 
Sure. Absolutely. I, I think this, my history with this group is they, they've always played a little better when they're a little little scared. Uh, you know, um, you know, it, there's always a little more detail in your game when you're playing Colorado than maybe somebody else. So I think for sure. Playing a little bit scared. Mm, yeah. Uh, playing uh, with a chip on your shoulder, playing where you have to uh, channel that misfit uh, mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I, I agree with Pete DeBoer on this. You, this team has to or will have to change the way it's going to play because uh, without Pacioretty and Stone, you're not going to score as many goals. That is the uh, strategic part of it. But the mental part of it is, is you got to buckle down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I love this quote because when you know when you hear play playing a little bit scared, I think that that it has a connotation to it. I choose to look at it as having something to prove, right? When yeah. the Golden Knights have played in a game, when they have had something to prove, when people have counted out, that is when they play their best hockey. That is when they are as connected as they've ever been as a five man unit on the ice and four lines rolling over the board. So I'm curious and excited to see what this challenge presents for the Golden Knights. Are they going to be able to kind of tap into that energy that they have had throughout their entire history and has been their identity to go out there, outwork opponents, and win games when people are counting them out? I think they do. I still think the pillars are there to make that happen, and you've got enough horses, especially on the back end, to make it work. So uh, I'm I'm excited at this opportunity for the Golden Knights to go out there and prove something to the world when it seems like they've already proven what they've needed to. And don't take it literally, like when Pete DeBoer says yeah. this team's always always played better when they're a little bit scared. He doesn't mean they're frightened or intimidated of the other team. But when you're going against a, a top group, the Vegas Golden Knights have been able to rise to the occasion. And he brings up the Colorado Avalanche example in that uh both last year during the regular season and, and during the playoffs when they won four straight games to win that series and run the Colorado Avalanche out of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, who leads the charge on that? Is it the misfit line or is it that blue line core that mm. is untouched by any of these injuries and remains uh, at full strength, a group that at full strength is considered one of the top five in the National Hockey League. That is an area where Pete DeBoer admits they will have to lean in on when it comes to competing in the next month and a half. Yeah, I, I think everybody, I, I think our whole group, for sure the blue line is, is the strength of our team. Um, and those guys have to play at an elite level. Uh, and, you know, I think they will. I mean, Theo's been hurt. He just got back in the lineup for two games last weekend, so he's going to find another level. And, uh, you know, Petro's been playing at a really high level all year. But, uh, you know, our goaltenders have to find another level, and, and our forward group as a group has to find another level with those kind of guys out. Forward group has to work at it. They have to really the, the, nose the grindstone uh, 110%, use your cliche, find it. And plop it in. That's where the and then the the defensive core, as elite as they are, they have to raise their skill level and and execution because they're they're healthy. They're ready to go. Uh, there's there's nothing holding them back. And the goaltenders have to make every save. There, you you this isn't a winning six five scenario. And and 
trying to keep your your team in it and and make the like last uh, Tuesday Seattle that was uh, that was a, a game that uh, that went back and forth. Uh, I thought Robin Leonard played great in that game against Seattle. If mm-hmm. if the lineups like it is now, then uh, I would have said he, he couldn't let in more than two. That that's how it changes. Yeah. That and that's that's a key here, right? Like mm-hmm. when when you when you look at the the next six to ten games for the Golden Knights, the the understanding that that I think you have in that room is you score three, you have to be able to win those games. You have to have your goaltenders go out and keep the opposition to two or less. You you keep the opposition to two or less, you're going to be fine. But if you're asking. Um, you know this team now to to put up four or five goals to win hockey games that's when it's going to become very difficult so for the golden knights i think the depth is there to get three you're going to need your defense and you're going to need your goaltenders to come through and keep the opposition to two or less what i love about this team is when it's healthy with patcheretti and stone in the lineup and this blue line your goaltenders have a luxury uh, they have to play good mm-hmm. but they can't yeah. lose you the game Sure. Now that's changed. The minimum requirement is you have to be really good. And over the next six to eight games, you might, Laurent Bersois and Robin Leonard might have to win, win the game for this team. Three games, two games in and around there, and then be no worse than good to great. And the the pressure on the goaltending may be the single biggest change uh, on this team right now. The guys up front will work hard. There's nothing they can do about the injuries. That's mm-hmm. already happened. The blue line, they're exceptional, and they are, but they already were exceptional. The goaltending had some wiggle room. That wiggle room's mm-hmm. gone as of tomorrow night against the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, you need it to be elite. Yeah. You need you need the goaltending to be elite, and you need the goaltending to outperform the goaltending on the other side of the rink more often than not over this stretch. That's what has to happen for the Golden Knights. Some good news was that Peyton Krebs and Jake Lasician were recalled, and they were on the ice uh, today. Uh, Jake Lasician, uh, part of that uh, that forward group. Uh, Peyton Krebs uh, on the ice doing his thing, and then you had uh, Nick Waugh out of that red con- non-contact jersey. One player that we didn't see today, uh, Matthias Janmark, will not play tomorrow night. Uh, Chris Chapman actually, uh, I believe, asked the question today uh, regarding he's nodding like, like yeah, of course I did. Uh, <laughs> Chapman asked the question about Matthias Yamark and Pete DeBoer was uh, uh, up front that uh, we don't expect him to play, but that it that falls into a COVID window. He also said that, that Yamark's all right uh, just because mm-hmm. it keeps being pushed back and we don't see him, uh, uh, it, but it's it's protocol and uh, going through uh, all the testing. So that, that's the story on the ice today. Uh, with with Krebs and Lasician being out there and Nick Waugh being in full uh, a uh, use of of being able to take part in the, in the practice out of that red uh, non contact jersey, there was another exciting moment in practice today, and this is this is a sign right that that even though I guess two games in and and the breaks kind of separated everybody from uh, what happened in Los Angeles last Thursday, but. Uh, uh, th- this group is excited. They're ready to, to to play again. They're ready for the challenge, and there's some emotion and some anticipation to it. One of the line rushes today, assistant coach Ryan Craig uh, jumped in, 
and he just happened to be the guy that that had the puck in in front in front of the net. He goes down the left side and snipes it off the post. <laughs> it looked like you net on the other end there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Pete. Uh, but that was an unbelievable play by the assist, assistant coach for one. But the best part about it was the reaction in the rink by the players. Like Alec Martinez was skating around center ice. I thought he was going to break his stick. He was slapping the blade so hard on the ice, <laughs> the hoots and the hollers and uh, the emotion and the smiles and the laughs uh, all for Ryan Craig going down and making that shot and converting the play. Like it, it was a lot of fun and it was a great positive moment out of this group. That's uh, in a bit of a bind right now. And I, I took that moment as as one of the great positives going into what's going to be a difficult stretch that this team's sitting in in a in a pretty good spot. Yeah, I, I think you have to keep it loose, right? You you have to recognize that even though there are challenges and even though there's there's some adversity here, uh, you still get to go out and play hockey and and you still get to go play a game that you love and you have fun and and I know it's a job and I know the expectations are so so large for this organization, but. Um, if you can keep it loose, if you can have a little bit of fun, if you can use that to your advantage as a way to bond even deeper as a team, I think you come out on the other side better for it. And, you know, the Golden Knights being loose in practice, that, that doesn't really surprise me very much. And Pete DeBoer chirping you doesn't really surprise me that much either. The players loved it. The, the assistant coaches all loved it. Ryan Craig with a big moment. Yeah, Pete DeBoer did chirp me a little bit. And and as mm-hmm. As positive as it was, the smiles on the ice and Martinez and uh, Ryan McGill and the the uh, the Peyton Krebs with a, with a big smile, Chapman loved the the chirp from from Pete DeBoer. The <laughs> Good most. learning yes. lesson for some guys. Chapman. Yes. Yes, it, it was funny. Uh, anytime uh, Pete chirps you, we we all, not just myself, but everybody in the. Room has a good time with it, whether it's Dave Gosher, Jesse Granger, uh, Danny Webster, Ben Goats, our, our good friend. Even Ashley Weiss had had some fun with you today. She was uh, she 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 enjoyed watching you get chirped. I think I was I was looking for something positive from from Ryan Craig from the his boss. Yeah, well, well, yeah, well, I I think I Pete, Pete might go there. No, well, Pete Pete is a, is a oh, pretty sharp on. guy. He he does not miss an opportunity to chirp you. Even he knows you are. The guy who is the punching bag amongst all the VGK punching broadcasters. Bag. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Gary, Gary beats you all the time, and and I like mean, physically he beat me up. Well, once. yeah, yeah. I and the other guys don't physically beat you up, although I'm guessing they probably could. Gordon and and well, we know Shane could, but uh, I, I yeah, I I think they enjoy that. They enjoy watching you get dunked on by Pete. The line combinations different. But at least we have a good idea of what it's going to appear on the ice tomorrow night uh, when they line up for the faceoff against the St. Louis Blues, uh, who are coming off a pretty eventful game against the Arizona Coyotes. With the VGK side of it, take care of you're all up to date. We're going to dive into the St. Louis Blues coming up. Plus, we'll bring you a brand new segment uh, on the VGK Insider Show, the play of the day. Most times that's going to be... Uh, centered around the Vegas Golden Knights. Didn't play last night, so we're going to dive into uh, something else that was spectacular on the ice in the National Hockey League. And two games in, when's it too early to lose your mind on the bench? Uh, I've got an opinion on that as we continue the VGK Insider Show at Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Watched a couple of coaches snap on the bench last night. Not happy with their team. (laughs) And it was in the same game. That was the best part. One coach gave it to his team. And then like 20 minutes later, the other coach gave it to his team. And I'm starting to understand why. I still think it's too early, and I'll explain that in the second hour of the VGK Insider Show. But there's some weird, sloppy, poor decisions uh, taking place, and one of them just happened in the Washington Capitol and Colorado Avalanche game, uh, which led to a goal. Like, just a blatant turnover, a pizza thrown right up the middle, and it was turned into a home delivery uh, with the goal for the Washington Capitals in a game in which... Uh, Nate McKinnon returns to the National Hockey League after uh, entering the COVID protocol. So you've got Ovechkin against Nate McKinnon in one game tonight. Mm-hmm. Another marquee matchup, Tampa Bay against Florida. Now that's a fun one to watch. And you also have Seattle uh, back in action. Seattle trying to get something out of this road trip beyond just one win. But they trailed the New Jersey Devils 2 nothing as New Jersey and the likes of Buffalo make early season noise. San Jose's also in that mix. Some early season noise uh, for uh, being better than a lot of people anticipated. The St. Louis Blues, on the other hand, arrive at T-Mobile Arena tomorrow night. Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace will be there for the VGK Insider Show in Section 104. This will be an interesting test. I'm like St. Louis has been good this year, but they've been wobbly at times in games. They can still mm-hmm. score. Where do the Vegas Golden Knights, is this a measuring stick for St. Louis or is this a measuring stick for the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow? Yeah, I I feel like this is more a measuring stick for Vegas than it is for St. Louis, just given the injuries. If if everything's everything's square and healthy, I, I would probably change my opinion on that. But right now for the Golden Knights, where they're at currently as a team, uh, I think you've got a really good team coming to town. Uh, and a team that that is looking to you know make a statement, I think, against the Golden Knights, regardless of who's in the lineup. So, for Vegas, the the key tomorrow is going to be limiting offensive chances for the St. Louis Blues, because as you mentioned, Darren, through two games, we know they can put the puck in the back of the net, but we you got to force them to defend, and you've got to to crack Jordan Binnington as best you can if you're the Golden Knights. Uh, Binnington was at it again last night. He didn't try and fight Just, anybody, but he went over and like, gave oh, a little on. poke. Yeah. Little, little, little poke. Uh, also uh, challenged Wait. a goal. Uh, didn't like that, that there was some uh, interference or he got uh, hit with a stick. Had a conversation with the official and was very yeah. respectful. I give him credit here. Got the explanation, went right back to his net. But St. Louis had a big uh, lead last night against Arizona, and the Coyotes made it close late, Phil Kessel. And St. Louis uh, <laughs> was able to hold on. They're 2-0. to start the season for the St. Louis Blues. This is a team that could make some noise in that central division. Yeah, I mean, I think the the building blocks are there, right? Like this is a this is a team that that isn't far removed from a Stanley Cup championship. Now there are there are changes that have been made since then. Most notably, uh, Alex Petrangelo is now a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. But you know, Tori Krug, it, it's another year in the system with St. Louis. I expect him to be better. 
and there's some more depth for for the St. Louis Blues up front. Uh, you, you add Pavel Buchnevich, who I think has a ton of skill, though uh, we'll we'll see if he'll be playing tomorrow. He not he not playing he tomorrow had, night. Yeah, exactly. As seeing as he's got a hearing for a headbutt that happened in the game the other night, and then you add Brad, Brandon Sod and James Neal. There's there's a lot of depth veteran presence and and depth ability to score here so for the golden knights um that's going to be the big challenge keeping them off the board as we mentioned in the first segment here the golden knights are going to have to keep opponents two or less that's going to be a challenge against a team in st louis that can put the puck in the back of the net a st louis scored oh let's go through it one two three four five five goals in the second period last night it mm-hmm. happened fast. I was watching it with a yeah. with a buddy of mine, and I was singing Pavel Buchnevich's praise. I think I, I think he's a great <laughs> player. I think that he's got yeah. uh, a more more skill level. I think I, I just he fits in with that group and that style. There's just some players yeah. that that do, and and I think that uh, his addition will allow them to to move on from um, uh, likes of Vladimir Sharsenko at some point this year. I was just I was singing his praise. And my buddy turned around in the uh, second period and went, uh, is that the same guy that you were talking about uh, being so great? Right after Pavel Buchnevich uh, <laughs> applied the headbutt. Uh, and and that was, it was WWE worthy. Yeah. The headbutt. Oh, it was, there was, it was... There's no, like when he goes into his player safety hearing, and uh, yeah. and and has uh, the suspension come down, and he states his case. This there's not going to be one of these. Hey, he, the other player moved into me, or it was my momentum, or anything like this. You you can't get around. That was a professional headbutt. Now they both had helmets on. Nobody got hurt mm-hmm. in it, uh, but that that was a world class headbutt. I don't condone the headbutt itself, but if you're going to throw a headbutt, throw it like that. Yeah. Right. Like if you're going to get suspended for it, which you will, if you're going to get a penalty for it, which you did, at least get your money's worth on it. And Pavel Buchnevich got every single inch of that headbutt. It was a thing of beauty, though. I do not condone it in, in a hockey game. Well, if you both have helmets on. The technically, well, I mean, like guys headbutt each just, other all the time before you, they go out on the ice, and it's not going to hurt but, them. So there's, like, you're right. We we don't we don't support going out there and being dirty, <laughs> and doing something like that. In fact, uh, this headbutt last night was was so good and so bad at the same time that <laughs> that I think it deserves its own place in the in the sus- list of suspensions at the end of this year because. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking with a headbutt? You both have visors on, and you both yeah. have helmets on. It's not like you're going to be able to do much. Uh, but the fact that you went ahead and did it was mm-hmm. uh, was impressive. L- Lawson Kroos was fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing nothing happened to him, and Buchnevich uh, went off. But I just haven't seen a headbutt in a long, long time. I, I, I can only think that in the moment, right, like you're, you're thinking, I could – drop my gloves and punch you, but I just hit a visor and my hands are too valuable as a goal scorer anyway, so I'm not going to do that. And they're by my side, so I'm just going to throw a headbutt. I, I don't really understand it either. Like, it doesn't actually make any sense when you when you really kind of break it down, especially when it's well within the rules. I mean, you'll get a penalty, obviously, but you're not going to get suspended. It's within the rules to just drop the gloves and throw. So, like, you know. You're right. Like, it's, just, a, it's a bad decision. Him. 
Right, exactly. Like, and and I again, I can understand why Pavel Buchnevich doesn't want to do that. He's going to make his living scoring goals. He's not going to make his living punching people. But at least then you're in the game. At least then you're not going to get suspended. I I don't understand. We're like three or four games into the season, and we've already seen two headbutt uh, situations early on. Like, I don't know if that's a new trend that we're going mm-hmm. in with hockey players, but. Uh, it, it is something to keep an eye on because it, it's nonsensical to throw a headbutt in a hockey game. It I just, just doesn't make any sense. I haven't witnessed one like that in a long time. No, that was vicious. That was. I mean, he got everything. The, he the, got all the, of it. And it did full, nothing. That headbutt that could cause <laughs> neck strain. Like it was full lean, ba- <laughs> lean, sure. lean back and attack. Yeah, there's no question as to what was going through. Pavel Buchnevich's mind. Like, it, it was as clear a headbutt as you're ever going to get, and you're right. He's going to walk into the player safety meeting, and he's just going to be like, uh, yeah, I did what I did, and there's there's really nothing I can throw to, throw to you that's going to defend it, so just give me the suspension and let's go. I had a scorpion in my hockey pants. <laughs> no, not there. No? It was, no. It was in Arizona. No. no, I'm not. I'm not buying it. You're not buying that. Not not in the not in the rink on the ice. How no, about one of ridiculous. those like uh, killer hornets stung me? No, come. You're you're gonna come up with one, right? Like you're gonna you're gonna spend the rest What's of this show. What's the best excuse for Pavel Buchnevich applying a world class headbutt on Lawson Kraus? Scorpion in the hockey pants or murder hornet underneath the shoulder pads? Chapman, give me, give me an terrible. idea. Well, they both suck, but I'll, I'll go with Murder Look, Hornet. I... Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with the Murder Hornet. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Anybody got anything better? Send, send me a note on Twitter. Uh, Dermot Larder, Ryan, the hockey guy. I have no idea what uh, Stanny's uh, Twitter handle is. Magnum, what are you? Magnum702? Yes. Magnum702. Magnum702. Send us a note. Can we get our Twitter account for our show? I think we could probably sure do can. that. Yeah, let's do that because then we could just do VGK Insider Show. And but who would be the? Well, I think the three manager, of us could manager could. of the uh, Twitter account. The three of us could handle it. I think. No, no, because I, I don't want that. Because I want to be able to blame somebody <laughs> when something goes out. Well, me and Ryan and, will blame you anyway. No, so. I, and, but I don't want access to it. So <laughs> I'm you don't want son. access. To I don't it. want access to it. Oh, come on. I, I have a feeling that's really? Darren's, Darren's way of saying I might accidentally tweet something from there when exactly. I think it's one of my burner accounts. And yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. How many burner accounts do you, do you have, have? A burner account? How many? Honestly, how many burner accounts do you have, Wallace? Zero. Zero. I don't have time for a burner account. What are you, what are you talking on. about here? Really, you don't have any? I listen. I don't. I don't need to hide behind a burner account. If somebody has a problem with me on on social media, oftentimes I'll ignore it. Sometimes I won't, and then they'll get you know really upset about it. it it's fine. Like I don't care. Chapman, it doesn't matter to me. Do you have me. a burner account? No, but I I have oftentimes considered getting one. For what? Because there are there are times where I would like to say some things and. I probably would get in trouble if I said them from whatever, my personal Whatever you want to say, whatever you want to say, you can say. Just be respectful. Well, there's times you I want to not it. be respectful, so. Well, I mean, oh, I'm going yes, down but this you path can still right do. Because I'm, I'm with Chapman on you, this, so, so I want to know. Mm. You, you've thought about getting a burner account because you want to say something that you <laughs> couldn't say from your own Twitter account. Is the topic usually about work? And or colleagues. Oh no, no, it's I don't. Never about colleagues. Never. Nope. 
Oh, mine's that. That's no, sixty percent of mine. I never have any. I, you know what? I, I, I take everything with a grain of salt. I don't take anything personal from any of my colleagues. Then or, why do you need a burner? Because account? It, because then what do you want to say? Well, because like like I had a guy a couple of weeks ago like yelling at me and calling me an idiot because I thought that Nolan Patrick was a better player than Cody Glass. And like you to, can be respectful in that well, moment and well, just politely I, I, disagree. I tried to be, but the, the guy... Less than politely disagree. Yeah, I'm going to stop you there right now. Yes. If you created a burner account for that... <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. That's, that's a total waste of a burner account. Well, no, there's other things that I would like to say no, that's a, that, that may not be related to oh, hockey. That, total waste of oh, a burner man, account. Good. <laughs> yeah, but there's things I'd like to say that You've maybe are hockey. You've never thought of it, eh, Wallace? Never, never went down that path. There's there's literally no reason for me to have a burner account. Again, if there's something that bothers me enough to, to say something, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to do it in a way that I, I'm not going to get in trouble for it, but I'm also not going to like allow myself to be abused on social media. That's not something that I'm going to do. If, uh, if you've got a burner account, does it have to have a legitimate number of followers to be considered a good burner account? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Because, like, you, because a burner account, you need to be able to influence a little bit. Yeah, nobody respects that person with like three followers. Three followers, yeah. yeah. So you got to be able to. <laughs> I can't believe we're having this Would, conversation. Here's my dilemma with my burner account. How much do I retweet my burner account? Oh, you can't do that. To you, try? No, no, no. You don't retweet it at all. Yeah, you can't do that. But I want to. I want to. I want to. Your burner I account. Just, at all. I just got to get some followers up. So if I retweet, I'll get some. No, followers. no, no. Listen, yeah, but, but now that we know that Dar- you're thinking Darren, about that, we're going to know yeah. what your burner no, account is. You've just no, kind of given Darren, yourself out. Yeah. You're you're thinking about this all the wrong way. Like you've got a lot of powerful people that you know in the industry. You have them retweet your burner account. The you know the ones with more followers than you, and then Vince that ah. burner account gets more more popular and you wash your hands of it completely nice (laughs) you you gotta think about this accounts are awesome more strategic way yeah so so who would be who would retweet your your burner account like i mean i'm gary lawless would would he retweet your your burner he doesn't he doesn't know whether it's a burner account well you'd have to kind of fill some i don't tell anybody what my account is like i'm not telling you wait 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 wait, 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 wait. you have a burner do you legitimately have a burner account absolutely you have a burner account oh this is great what who doesn't me and wallace like no like not a lot of people do i don't think oh it's great man no see i i i I think there are probably players who have burner accounts who follow us because they want to see what we're saying about them well i think coaches and general managers do for sure yeah i don't think they're following us but they follow other people yeah yeah important people yeah Yeah. not that we're not important but people more important than us we've got to we got to uncover darren's burner account you'll never uncover it i think i you know what you'll never uncover it i i i won't i don't know i'm i'm just I'll, i'll tell you guys off the air we're going to never do that. Never exclude the audience. <laughs> well, you, you never, never. That's the one thing. In, the number one, well, number two rule in sports talk, right? Number one rule is don't swear. No. Uh, oh, yeah. Number, that's that's number, an important number one. Number two rule is don't exclude the audience. Okay. Well, then I won't tell you guys. I'll keep it to myself. Thank you. Uh, when we continue the play of the day, debut of a brand new segment on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And we'll also give you the news and notes from around the National Hockey League and observations. A couple of coaches not happy with their teams last night is two games in too early to go snapzilla on the bench. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. We've got 11 on the frozen floor tonight in the National Hockey League, 4, 24 hours ago. And for the play of the day, we go to Toronto, Maple Leafs and Rangers in overtime. The goaltender is Barnard. were changing. Matthews shoots wide. Truba got over. Kreider outlets to Truba. Lafreniere is on. Leave for Lafreniere. Back in front for Kreider to Truba. Save Campbell. Oh, Rangers came close. Here's Nylander. Panarin is there. Nylander saved by Shesterkin. Here's a chance. Wide by, by Mosin. Sammy Blake carries in, drives to the net, and a save by Campbell. Kerfoot has it. Kerfoot leads Marner. Marner moves in. Blay is there. Heedle has just come on. Matthews to the net. Saves Shesterkin. Rapper on a save Shesterkin. Blay's pass gets through to Fox. Long shift for Fox. Heedle moves up. Blay goes to the bench. Fox goes to the bench. Two minutes remaining in overtime. Heedle, now Kevin Rooney. Rooney tried to find Truba. Truba got in front of Matthews. After it was Brody. Chesterkin off the board. Stopped by Matthews. Save Chesterkin. Here comes Elander. Now Matthews. Save. And the rebound went wide. Oh, is this wild? Chesterkin made a save 20 feet out of the crease. Rudy is across the line. A minute and a half to go in overtime. Man, is this exciting. Here's a lead. Zabanichan with Miller two on one. Save with a glove. Oh, what a save by Campbell. You believe these goals? Oh, we went, we went for a minute without anybody getting a shot or hardly attempting a shot. And then we had these goaltenders come up with a number of saves, especially Shesterkin. He couldn't clear it, has to make that save. Keep an eye on him. He's not finished yet. There's another one on Matthews. Matthews then thought he had the open net, but Truba defended that. Oh, man, what a sequence of events. And then right at the end, Campbell was on his way down. Zabinijad tried to beat him high, and Campbell with the glove. There's a chance for Panarin. He scores! Artemi Panarin! He wins it in overtime! Oh, baby, what a finish! Sam Rosen with the call, Joe Micheletti uh, on MSG. Ryan Wallace said, hey, the the entire overtime is the play of the day. I didn't think Chris Chapman was going to take him literally and put in the entire overtime. Uh, as the play of the day, but the shots were four, three in the three on three session and the New York Rangers improved to two, one and one. Uh, that was an exciting one. Austin Matthews back in the lineup. Uh, so that's good news for the Toronto Maple Leafs. A uh, huge one. Uh, they were going back and forth at work today about extending overtime. I wouldn't like it to be extended, but uh, that was fun to watch. Yeah, it, it really was. Um, the the best play in, in all of that, the craziness, those sequence, uh, was probably Shesterkin making the save between the hash marks yeah. on Austin Matthews. Like, it's it's so ridiculous. But 
three on three overtime. It's incredibly exciting, and I I was on the edge of my seat watching the highlights of of that overtime, even though I already knew who won the game. It, it was phenomenal. That's when the game gets you. When you already know the result and what's going to happen, and you're still on the edge of your seat. Uh, that's the play of the day. Uh, we will try to make it uh, Vegas Golden Night play uh, whenever we can, but uh, failing that, we'll zip around the National Hockey League and give you a taste of some of the voices that call our great sport, like Sam Rosen with the New York Rangers. When we continue, uh, we will flip the page and go to hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. Our one-timer segment will feature an update uh, on some injuries in the NHL and the the very latest on a couple of coaches unhappy with their clubs. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.